We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's good, Chiefs Kingdom? It's Friday, September 2nd, and this is KCSN Update, your daily dose of Chiefs news and content from us here at KC Sports Network. We are going to be joined by the Chief in the North today. That's Seth Kaiser. He's joining the show to talk about the Chiefs 2022 season just a week before it's set to begin for real. Now, real quick, if you're a Chiefs fan, if you're a real Chiefs fan, please try and hit that like and subscribe button right now. I was actually watching YouTube with my son, watching some Minecraft videos last night. And they said that it's actually impossible to hit the like and subscribe button at the same time. And I bet you can't do it. Is that a childish way to get you to do it? And is it made for, you know, younger kids? Yes, but I still bet you can't do it. Um, All right. Seth is going to join us right after this video I made. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. All right, welcome back. And as I mentioned earlier, we are joined by a special guest today in Chief in the north seth kaiser seth it's always good to see you my guy man it's awesome to see you too this is this is so great i simultaneously feel younger and older sitting here talking (laughs) to you and making chiefs content together like i'm i'm double checking to see well actually i wasn't even on twitter when you and i were making content together i think you're one of the people that talked me into doing it like seth you have to be on twitter this is like in 2010 um and so i'm like looking to see for updates on matt castle but fortunately that's not what we're doing anymore (laughs) Yeah, I, you know what, I remember talking with Joel Thorman, uh, you know, the God, the blog father yes. um, back one of the, he and his brother, uh, Chris started Arrowhead Pride back in the day. And I think we were talking a little bit about it before. And I think there's gonna be a lot of side conversations, a lot of side tangents <laughs> during this KCSN update uh, video today. But I remember joining Twitter and telling Joel and being all excited, like, Hey, I joined Twitter. And he's like, welcome to 2009 or something <laughs> like you're so far behind. You should have done this a long time ago, but we were talking before, man, it's, it's really fun and special. I think for all of us um, that have known each other for so long in this space, it's, you know, myself, you, Matt Connor, uh, Matt Verderam, Craig, Patrick Allen, um, all Craig, all of these people, we've been creating chiefs content before they were good. You know, before Andy Reid yeah. talking about Scott Pioli and, and Todd Haley and all these things, um, you know, blogging at Arrowhead Pride and now how fun that was and how cool it's been to just kind of watch everybody go to different platforms and do their own thing, uh, yeah. knowing that, you know, we've known each other and been playing in this space together for 
12, 13 years at this point. It's cool. It's, and, and it's so funny when you think about what it took to create content at that point, because <laughs> like, I mean, things got dark. I mean, it yeah. was, I mean, especially, you know, if you go to 2000, at least 2010 had some fun moments and you could talk about Jamal Charles and you could, there were some things, but like, I remember like 2012, I remember emailing Joel Cage to be like, I don't, what, like, what do you want me to say, man? Like what they're so bad and it's inexplicable and it's terrible, but it is so cool. Like I having like a whole community of people that you've known longer than a lot of like your friends that you see, you know, in, in your regular work life or your regular everyday life where like, I can say like, when, when I say to jazz, Hey, I'm going to do some, I'm, I'm going to do something with BJ today. She's like, was that the guy with the parking pass like 10 years ago? I was like, yes, that was BJ. <laughs> and like, it's just so funny, yeah. like seeing people go out and, and spread their wings and, and then being able to work together, even though we're technically supposed to be competitors, but we don't care. And so we're able to yeah. just like make content together. And, and it's just a really cool thing. Seeing so many friendly, familiar faces. Of course, now all the young bloods are coming for our spots. So what are you going to do? Yeah, we have we think the same, and that you know, content's not a zero sum game, and that we can all have different right. platforms. We all do different things. People like different personalities, and there's millions of Chiefs fans out there, and we don't need millions of people to support what we're doing to have fun with what we're doing, and to be able to make what we're doing work. And so I, you know, we say that uh, we're not competitors, and this and that, and we do it by <laughs> sharing and doing stuff on each yeah. other's platforms. So yeah, the, the whole thing's been special. Um, and I respect what you've been doing. I'm give you a chance to, to plug, uh, your Substack, that what you're doing with the, your, uh, chief in the North newsletter. But first let me pay uh, a quick bill here real quick. And we <laughs> hear from our friends over at DraftKings. All right. The wait is over DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app is officially live in Kansas, just in time for football season. That means betting legally on the same game, parlays, spreads, money lines, and more anytime and anywhere across the sunflower state. To celebrate, DraftKings is giving new Kansas customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on anything and get $200 in free bets instantly. And Thursday night is almost here. So if you want more action for opening night kickoff, everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings' early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any pro football team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly even if your team loses. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code KCSN to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on anything. That's code KCSN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Gambling problem? Getting help is your best bet. Call 1-800-522-4700. Must be 21 years old. Physically present in Kansas. Eligibility restrictions apply. Bonus issued as free bets. One early win token issued at opt-in. Money line bets only. Deposit and wagering restrictions apply. Eligibility and terms at DraftKings.com slash Kansas on behalf of Boot Hill Resort and Casino. All right, Seth, let's talk a little Chiefs. This is the last Friday uh, that we'll have that we're not getting ready for a weekend that includes yes. uh, at least Chiefs football. I know there's a bye week and there's Thursday night games and all that, but football is almost here. Some college football is already backed. I know Mizzou fans were excited uh, watching Luther Burden do his thing um, last night. That kid's going to be special. Yes. Um, that was fun to, uh, a lot of times the hype never matches. It's crazy when the hype actually uh, exceeds 
what uh, what you want. But yep. let's not talk college football. But man, uh, what do you got? What do you got working on with your with your Substack with the Chief in the North newsletter? What's new? You know, it's uh, I actually just dropped a piece today on Jalen Watson, which was kind of funny that you were talking about working together. Um, I <laughs> I DM'd Maddie Lane as I was working on Jalen Watson. I got done reviewing his film and doing my thing. You know, I. I suppose I'll plug myself, you know, I chart every snap for failures or successes in coverage. And I you do the work. I go beyond the box score, all that fun stuff. And it was really fun. So I got done with that with Jalen Watson for preseason. And I was like, man, I really like this guy's tape, Mm -hmm. like a lot. So I I DM Matt. I'm like, look, man, I need someone to talk me down here because I'm kind of the (laughs) optimistic guy. Everyone knows that I've been hurt before, you know, more Cyrus Gray and all that stuff. But like, I was like, I need you to talk me out of this. Cause like, I, I think this guy could play like tomorrow and they'd be fine. I won't, I won't quote him directly, but he did not help take away my office. <laughs> no. I didn't know he was, was like, gonna say, he's not going to slow you down on Jalen Watson. Yeah. No. And so I, I completely DM the wrong guy. He's like, ah, <laughs> and so, so I'm working on that. I basically been just been doing um, one great thing for me is with the uh, big gap now between preseason ending and the regular season is I can go back and look at, look at the film for guys. So I looked at every snap of Leo Chanel. I looked at every snap mm-hmm. for Jalen Watson. And mm-hmm. then I, I even got a chance because Mahomes was so good in that second preseason game. I did my first Patrick Mahomes review of the year, kind of laying out the methodology and calling him a fire breathing dragon. So like, this is, this is the fun part. I also wrote about the run game, but we don't need to talk about that if we don't want to. We can talk about whatever you want to talk about. I was just excited that uh, I got to talk to somebody that I've been creating Chiefs content alongside, um, whether it's same platform, different platforms for, again, more than a decade. Yeah. I think there's like 10 or 11 of us, and we were all trying to find a time to get together. Uh, I think that would be fun. But um, yeah, dude, I we talk about the rookie class. And I we went back, and I remember writing an article back in 2015 with that Marcus Peters, Mitch Morris, yeah. Rameek, uh, Wilson, DJ Alexander, James O'Shaughnessy, Rakeem Nunez, Roches. Uh, I think I'm missing somebody in there too. R and R, man. You know, that and that guy's still playing. Like it's awesome. He's still uh, in the league. and he's That's such incredible. a good dude. He, the defensive line always seemed to have the best personality. He was like a Chris Jones type personality before Chris Jones got there. <laughs> Colin Saunders, like just a fun group of dudes. Yeah, I uh, loved R and R, but um, Nacho. Yep, as it was called. But uh, that draft class back in 2015 i remember talking with john dorsey when i was working at the chiefs and i had it was actually kiana martin um who's the intern at the time i i didn't know how else to do it now they've got all these fancy websites that do this but uh back then i had her chart every snap played by every drafted rookie across the entire nfl every week because i had this guess that the chiefs were getting more and i called it value because i was associating a snap played on the field to value because from a coach's standpoint, you're on the field, you're valuable. Right. And so we were getting more value out of our rookie draft class than any other team across the league, but that's not a easy, there's no easy place to find snap counts that are separated like that. Right. And so I created this giant Google sheet and Kiana <laughs> bless her heart every week, like getting it, went in and found like the, you know, the OMG got the snap counts and we're adding them all in there. I think by like week eight, we were the number one. We had more snaps played by our rookie class than any other um, team in the NFL. And yeah. I'm hesitating uh, to do it this year because I don't have an intern. I have to do it myself. Yeah. But this, this class, 
knowing that nine of the 10 draft picks made the initial 53 man roster. And yep. some of them might not be active on game day, but they're going to see a ton of snaps played, a ton. Uh, which is really special for a team back in 2015. They were good. They weren't a favorite to win the Super Bowl or a favorite in the AFC. They were one of those dark horse teams that if things came together correctly could right. happen. The fact that it, Brett Veach did this with a team that could still be expected to be one of the two or three favorites to come out of the AFC is even more special knowing, I mean, shoot, a quarter of their defense are rookie draft picks. Six of the 24 guys on the defense are rookie draft picks. That It, it is a really impressive draft class to look at, and it's kind of interesting. I'm going to set an arbitrary um, block starting in, I don't know, 2019, let's say. Let's look at the drafts post-2018. We're, we're just It's a completely arbitrary line that we're not going <laughs> to, for any specific reason... The they number, went to a 4-3 right around then. So there you go. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. Exactly. They made the change. They made the change. <laughs> yep. There's a roster big, composition changes. Yep. Yeah. Big change there. Big change. I uh when you look at that, and I think the number, it's like something like 26 out of 28 of those guys are still on the roster. And that is <laughs> super unusual. And it's a lot of these guys, we were just talking about this on Times Ours. A lot of these guys, they're not just on the roster, but they have roles. You know, McCole Hardman, Juan Thornhill, Colin Saunders, Rashad Fenton. Uh, I mean they have rules. Nick Allegretti, that, that's almost all of the entire 2019 draft. And, I mean, you look at the guys last year, obviously everyone knows what the offensive linemen did. Um, Nick Bolton, who I'm actually obligated to any time I mention Nick Bolton, talk about how wrong I was about his ceiling as a player. Because he's like, I think he might be a better pro already than he was a college player, and he looks faster yeah. as a pro. And that doesn't make any sense. That never happens. But I was wrong. I'm sorry. I did. I thought he was a two down guy and I'm an idiot. So there you go. Um, that's, that's a tough one. There were a lot of people that even the, the lab guys, guys who were on ours were very, they were very communicative about his struggles in past defense and right. an area that he got better, but not knowing how much value and how, what his ceiling would be and everything else. Yeah. And, and so you don't see guys that play at a certain speed in college and then they, they, they enter the pros and you always expect everything. They're going to look a little slower relative because everyone in the pros is a yeah. freak. And it's kind of like, you know, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, his explosion, it's a or lack thereof is a little more obvious in the pros when in college, he could get by with his quickness and everything else with Bolton. He literally looks the same speed or faster. And I, it, it doesn't make any sense. And so I've just, I've just, I've given up and I just say some dudes just know how to play football and Nick Bolton's one I of them. Um, and we're going to throw gas in the fire. Cause I made that point with George Karloftis looking like a much smoother athlete. Yes. And I, and I'm, I'm trying, like you give credit to George Karloftis while simultaneously like reaching out or, you know, sending a tweet to Bobby Stroop being like, you're really good at what you do. Yeah. <laughs> because I, he worked with George and he just looks like a much better athlete. And when you reach out to Bobby, he's like, he's worked his tail off to do that. And that was the only knock that I had coming out is that he's relentless, physical, aggressive. Yep. He's got the, the punch, the moves, like the counter move, all of it. Yep. He's just not the most explosive. He had as much athlete. He had as much bend as this pen his last year in college. <laughs> That's a, and, I was trying to say nicer, but yeah. <laughs> but that, he was so good at, he was so good at everything else that it allowed him to succeed without ever having to win around the edge with any sort of bend. It was so mm. impressive. And to see him, that's he was the first guy I wrote about after the game, I, because one of his sacks he had to he had to he had to actually bend around even though it was a little more of a second effort thing, and he also had another quarterback hit where he he attacked the edge and he just used a standard rip bend around the edge. He did that. I, I reviewed I think five or six of his games in college from his final year, 
and then a couple from a couple years earlier because uh, I think some of your guys told me I should. They're like, no, check him out in 2019. He looked more dynamic and all that. I didn't see him try to win the edge with Bend once in like six yeah. games. And to see him do it multiple times in preseason, it's crazy. So I appreciate you adding gas to the fire, which it, it kind of goes to the overarching point. Every one of these rookies, they've looked good. Like yeah. when I, 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 I just, I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop because it's hard to even be an average NFL player as a rookie. It's almost impossible yeah. really to do it consistently. You might have some flashes, but you're going to have some terrible games too. That's just how it goes. Whereas yeah. we'll see, but I, I mean, I have not found one of these guys. Maybe there's just one, but for the most part, anytime I've watched them more in depth in the preseason, I've come away more bullish. Like Trent McDuffie, I was happy with the pick. And since watching him like in preseason, I'm like, it's ecstatic. He looks it, good and not like rookie good, but good. So it's so it, much fun. It seemed to happen at training camp after about like a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, I think it was the last like third of camp. There was just this, you know, thought out on social. I think it was any one person in particular, but this kind of idea came up of, Hey, where's Trent McDuffie? Like we haven't heard a lot about him, which isn't necessarily a bad thing for a corner. Right. And then I think it was literally like the next day he made like five crazy good plays. And then the yep. day after that made it a bunch of more plays. And it was like, well, there it, yep. there he goes. And so yeah, it's, it's so Leo funny. Chanel's, Leo Chanel has been my guy from the beginning. That dude's just fun to watch. I, the second they drafted him and he watched his highlights, he's like Arrowhead stadium is going to love that dude. Uh, not just because the first time he stepped foot on the field at Arrowhead, Mitch Holtis asked him what he brings. And he said, violence and physicality. <laughs> it's like, you just made yourself a fan favorite immediately. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. No, he he's one of those guys where they're they're going to have to try to figure out a role for him. Um, and it'll be interesting yeah. seeing how he kind of deals with with what he was asked to do in coverage in college versus what he's going to be asked to do now. I think that's going to be a tough transition for him. But the things that he already does, like he already gets run fits at a level that rookies yeah. and a lot of pros don't. And so it's not, I mean, he is really strong. He can take on offensive linemen, but he also, he's just, he seems like a really smart player. And so for me, it's going to be hard for him to get on the field because Bolton and Gay are your guys and yeah. they're going to be hard to unseat. But I'm curious if they try to find some extra roles for him besides just playing Sam in the base defense. I'm curious if they try to find some ways to blitz him uh, and, yeah. and just a few things like that, because he is a guy you want just downhill. Cause normally when you think of a downhill guy, they're not that fast. 
but he's like a downhill guy and he can move. His closing speed within when when he's within five yards of a ball carrier, even in college, you saw it like the speed was just different. It almost felt like somebody was speeding it up as soon as he got close. That closing yeah. speed to to wrap somebody up. I personally, the second they draft him, I was like, he's a rush Sam as a rookie. Yep. He is a chess piece for Steve Spagnolo to move around. Uh, we know Spagnolo likes to get aggressive. I mean, we sent a corner blitz on the first play of the preseason. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, I know they're working on timing and then they're working the different things and they're not going to show a lot. I just said they did a corner blitz, but a lot of the creative stuff that they're going to do with Leo Chanel is not something that they're going to show during the preseason. Right. Um, it's not something they're going to show during training camp a lot uh, when they know that people are out there watching. Right. Uh, there's a lot of things that they're going to play close to the vest. And I feel like the really creative stuff that we're going to see from a, you know, a, the NASCAR, the third and long packages. Yep. We're not going to see that until it's a high leverage, big time situation and the unscouted look for the other team. But anything that gets Leo Chanel moving north and south, yes, um, they can get him near a quarterback making a play. I just the guy is going to have some negative plays that are created just by the way that he plays yep. and the way that I think Spags wants to use him as a rookie. Um, and then if he has to get more snaps, we saw flashes. I saw you tweeting some videos out of you know him scraping down the line and just he, when he hits people, they don't move like they, they he for a rookie. His play strength, his functional strength is is been special to see so far well to see an inside linebacker able to attack the line of scrimmage interior lineman and win not just hold your ground and maybe seal up a gap but genuinely win be able to move them to the side and go get in the backfield and make the play which he did against i think it was the commanders which by the name by the way should have stuck with washington football team that ruled yeah. commander sounds like a generic create a madden team but whatever um for him to be able to move the center and shoot into the backfield from that way that's unusual so and the funny thing is, like, because you can get excited talking about Leo Chanel, he may have been, at least in preseason, of the guys I've looked at, he was probably like the fifth or sixth least impressive rookie. And that's not a shot at him. That's McDuffie looks great. Karloftix yeah. looks great. Sky Moore's releases are just <laughs> so good. Um, and and Jalen Watson now, the guy that the, the article on him dropped today, I like, he's kind of my guy. Like, uh, I mean, I don't want to take him from Matt, so I won't do that. But if he were available to be my guy, he would be my guy because he he shows just this knack for understanding the route concepts in front of him. That's why he's knocked down like like four passes on limited yeah. snaps in the preseason. Yeah, I you've known me long enough that when I said it, you know, people that haven't been following me all that long or see KCSN and they see what we're doing, like the I'm not a big person to make these big grand like projections or these big statements about players. I'm always pretty reserved on that stuff. But I went ahead and said Carl Loftus is going to break the Chiefs rookie record for sacks in the season by a rookie, which was set by that Derek Thomas dude back in 89 uh, with 10. And 10 sacks is a lot, especially for a rookie. Yes. The, his skill set and all the things that we reward about him being relentless, not stopping like the physical side and that he's not winning on the edge. He's not a speed rusher much like, and I'm going to defend him. So I know I'm going to say it. People are going to pile on him. You won't, uh, especially because I just put it up that way, but like D Ford coming out, he's a speed rusher. He's yep. going to beat you around the edge and he's going to work on everything else, work on the the power, the bull, all those other things. Whereas Carl already has that. And yes. most sacks in the NFL aren't by physically, athletically beating a tackle and going right to the quarterback. It's a second, third move. It's a quarterback steps up in the pocket because Chris Jones moved him off his spot and then somebody else cleans up. Right. That's where George Kaloftis is absolutely going to excel. And I had likened, and I know like pro football focus does their pass rush, 
pass rush win rate sure. where if you have a win rate of you know, 16, 17%, like you're one of the best in the NFL once the regular season starts. And we talk about baseball being a game of failure and having to overcome all of that failure. Yep. A pass rusher in the NFL is successful 10% of the time, not even with a sack. It's less than us getting oh. the actual statistic that we use from a grand scheme like sacks, right. whether if it's a half a sack, I did the math and it was like 4% of the time. If you're successful, even on pass rush snaps, you're going to be one of the greatest to ever do it. Yes. So 96% of the time you don't do your job. You're still one of the best to do it. Being relentless is the single most important characteristic. And if you don't have even an ounce of that, you will never be successful at the level. And now we have a guy that could not be more built for the way that the NFL sees success with pass rushers. Absolutely. And it, and you know, people tend to get hung up on things like, like grit and motor and heart and all that stuff. And those things do matter, but it's when you combine them into a physical package of capability because he has unusual play strength. He, he, he's got, he's got a little bit more explosion than most power based guys would have. And now in the preseason, he's showing like, cause he was a little quicker in some of his combine stuff than I think people expected. Um, but he's showing a little bend in preseason. He he's just more developed in those areas, and that's why you know you talk about win rates. I know he was he wanted a rate higher than almost anyone else in college, and that was without really utilizing the edge a ton. And the thing about being able to threaten the edge, you, you made a great point. Most sacks don't occur, you know, unless you're Micah Parsons and you are just an absolute freak of nature who can like run horizontal to the ground like DT could. Um, mm-hmm. They mostly don't just come around the edge. But you got to be able to threaten it. And then you can create a pass rush plan. And with Karloftis, if he can threaten the edge at all with an explosive first step, then that means he's a guy who can, like you said, second and third moves, he can follow that up by winning in a variety of ways and force tackles to not be able to predict him. So much of this stuff with pass rush moves is about the plan and the, the, Mm -hmm. the response and the ability to know how to deal with certain moves. And that's why Mitch Schwartz, despite being kind of an average dude athletically, was so great. And Von Miller talked about that with him. It's like he always seemed to know what I was doing. I'd start a move, you know, and he's always just like, oh, a Hamilton. You know, we'll just we'll just get this hand right out of the way. It's like, how did you know I was going to do that? It's why Chris yeah. Jones is a great pass rusher because he's always able to anticipate where the hands are going to be and control their wrists. Um, One of- and he can do it. Karloftis can do those things, and it's hard not to be excited about him. One of my favorite, this episode is going to be a rookie expectation. And I'm going to ask you about the rookie class in general, because there's one guy we haven't spent much time talking about and we'll wrap it up. But you saying that about the pass rush plan reminds me of one of my favorite conversations I had during the six years I worked for the chiefs. It was a conversation I had with D Ford and what he had learned from just being around Tamba Ali and like the plan of how he would go about his business. And he told me a story and it was a game against Denver. I don't remember which year they all run together now, Uh, but he was explaining how Tom Bali spent the first three and a half quarters of this game, setting up the tackle for the move that he was going to use when the game was on the line late. And because Tamba and his, you know, jujitsu or whatever, that he spent all his time doing, he knew the pressure points and where to hit. And he said that he would, that D was telling me how Tamba would keep hitting the tackle in the same spot the entire game. And he would like put pressure on a certain spot. So late in the game, he would hit another spot and his, he would make the tackles like entire body just stop working. (laughs) And 
people are going to call it out. Like I, I'm going to have to talk to D. I'm going to interview him and get more details because I can't regurgitate everything. But it was Trent Green and I. It was for a preseason production meeting uh, that year. We were up at training camp. We were sitting in. It was actually in, the, I think, the softball coach's office at Missouri Western. I can picture myself sitting there, <laughs> D talking about it. And Trent and I were just like, yeah. This is the greatest. And it wasn't recorded. It was just like background info, but it was the coolest conversation that I had ever heard about a player really detailing what made Tamba special and how he did this. But um, I remember who the tackle was, but he hit him in a certain spot. His right arm just completely dropped like right side of his body, just like completely got disengaged being set up all year, goes around, makes a big tackle or a big sack in that game. And D was just saying that that's where I learned that you have to have a plan and like, the the level at which these guys set things up throughout the course of a game that it was just it was chess yep. throughout the middle of a game that you don't expect it to be so mental or just these big physical freak athlete guys hitting each other that there's so much more mentally going on uh, that you don't necessarily know unless you really get into it with the guys but I'll right. never forget that conversation uh, that I had with D but Seth the one rookie that we have not talked about yet need to know what what's a realistic expectation. Because you've already skyrocketed it for Jalen Watson. I've already skyrocketed it for Karloftis, which first-round pick, that's understandable. Leo Chanel, I think, is going to be a fan favorite. Sky Moore, what's a realistic expectation? Because it's all over. I could convince myself of about anything right. of what Sky Moore could do this year. Uh, what's a realistic expectation for what Chiefs fans could expect from Sky Moore this season? I think, I, I'm like you, I could talk myself into... 300 yards or 1100 yards i could talk yeah, myself out exactly because i could say well he's a rookie andy reed's offense is tough to learn he's got a, a guys naturally in front of him who have clearly been kind of showing some preference at the very least in juju and mbs um yep. they might be running a little more 21 and 12 type stuff who's who knows you know maybe jordy fortson seeing the field more fort season anyway but the thing with more that I'll think all those things. And those are very logical things. And then I will watch his routes and the way he gets releases and the way he's able to create quick separation snap after snap after snap in which he did in college, but there was always that huge jump in competition. So you didn't know what it would look like, but in the preseason, those, those releases are just filthy. And there are certain traits that translates so well in the ability to consistently against any type of look, get a great release off the line of scrimmage is one of those like, like Keenan Allen's one of the best route runners in the NFL. And one big part of that is his releases are consistently just filthy. Uh, he's so yeah. good at it. And so when I watch him do that, I'm like, that's going to get him on the field because he also has made some tough catches um, you know, the one game where he really got featured, I mean, he made some really tough catches, not just over the middle of the field, but on the sideline, he's got great body control, massive hands, all that. And so to me, he feels like a guy that I think it's going to be slow working your way in because of all that other stuff. But I think as soon as he starts getting opportunities and he makes a couple of those catches for Mahomes and you, you start building that trust, I, I can see his role growing and expanding as the year goes on. I do think it's realistic to say that he could have a between 600 to 800 yard rookie season. And I think that would be really successful considering the, the ways that Andy Reed's offense can go. I think the ceiling is higher just because it's just hard to find guys who can separate instantly, especially yeah. against press. And that's where they struggled last year. Anyone not named Tyree killer, Travis Kelsey. Yeah. And 
the context of the conversation that we were having that I couldn't quite figure out how I felt about it was, is this the first time in what, nine, 10 years now with Andy Reid that we're going to have 3000 yard receivers or pass catchers? Cause Travis Kelsey, I expect Juju to get at least a thousand yards if he stays healthy. And then it's, can they get a third one between McColl, MVS or Sky Moore? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, which one you, I, you could convince me that McColl is going to have a thousand yards yeah. or MVS. I'm not going to say we're going to have five. That's ridiculous. <laughs> but you could convince me that one of those guys will yeah. separate themselves to be that third guy, or at least to have enough big games right. to hit the thousand yards. So now with 17 games, right. I was thinking about with uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, we're not going to talk about non rookies, uh, but Clyde Edwards, Hilaire averages 58 yards a game. He's going to get a thousand yards. Yep. Like if he stays healthy, very likely that that could happen. Right. He has to stay healthy. He's missed what for 11 games over the last two years, yep. played in 10 rookie year or 10 last year, 13 is rookie year. So, um, but with Sky Moore, you could convince me, yeah, 400 yards or a thousand yards. But I keep going back to the separation thing. Yeah. If he is open, Patrick Mahomes doesn't need a lot of space to pull the trigger and to put it right where it needs to be. Right. And so, yes, you could absolutely convince me that Sky Moore won't be getting the same amount of attention that a lot of these other guys are. So if he is one on one and they try to press him, good luck. Yep. Because he can catch a contested pass. So, uh, one last question before we end this episode, Seth, which, and you can't, you cannot answer Jalen Watson. Cause you already know which rookie do you think will surprise most chiefs fans of having a bigger role than they might expect right now? Even though he initially started with the hype, I think he's flown so under the radar that I'm going to go with it, even though it's kind of cheap because he's a second round pick, but I think Brian cook mm-hmm. for what it's worth, Dion Bush has put up a good fight for that third safety spot. He had more good God hits during preseason than anyone <laughs> yeah. else. Like a couple of them, I went back. There was one against, I think, again, the commanders that I I was going to post the video, and I was like, you know what? It's almost disrespectful to the receiver because he got, I mean, and it was a clean hit. He hit him shoulder to shoulder, and the guy was just, I mean, he just hit him so hard. But I, I think Cook shows more obvious um, quickness and long speed than Bush. And I think he's just a perfect fit. You talked about um, kind of being a tool in Spagnuolo's toolbox. Cook is a guy that in in college, he did line up single high by himself sometimes. He also lined up as a hybrid linebacker sometimes. He hits like a Mack truck, but he also has some good speed and quickness. I I think he's going to grab that third safety spot, which in the Chiefs defense, you're talking somewhere between 600 to 800 snaps. Yeah. Good stuff. We just named like nine dudes that could end up having a great season for the Chiefs, which means Brett Veach and his staff are doing a good job. But that is it for today's KCS and update. Appreciate all of you for watching and or listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and leave a comment or review. We appreciate your support as we try something new and different here at KC Sports Network. We know there's a lot of great places, including the podcast that Seth is on with our friends Josh Briscoe and Nate Taylor calls called times hours make sure to check that out as well as subscribing to seth's Substack, chief in the north a lot of good stuff always coming out uh but seth man we appreciate uh you for coming on this week this was a lot of fun and then everybody out there uh we appreciate you for supporting us seth you can take us home with a final thought man i would just tell everyone the season's about to start football's here and it is a great great time to be a chiefs fan all right we'll see you all next time